And we are live! Hello, everybody. Uh, we would like to have a warm welcome for Miss Lisa Webster. She Hi, is everybody. from Beyond Counseling and uh, can't even describe how I feel about you, this amazing woman, and Tiffany. Um, Lisa has been such an incredible queen in my life and honestly like helped guide me to this very moment um it's been 10 years that i've been working with lisa she's helped me through everything literally everything and i'm so grateful for you and to be in this moment and in your home to be interviewing you so welcome to raw babes Yay. tiffany is high also five. don't let me hang in let's oh go. there we go let's all <laughs> high five so Tiffany has also had the pleasure of working with Lisa yes. for some pretty intense uh, times in her life as well. And we've recommended so many people <laughs> to you. We're just like... Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, mm -hmm. always. Um, so let's kind of dive in a little bit to your story. Like okay. You gotcha. Who you are, how you came about, like... Maybe you can go into what got you to this place, like what got you to be yeah, interested in counseling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, well, it's um, it's probably a typical story for a lot of counselors. Okay. Um, I think for me, uh, my family was messed up. There was all kinds of abuse. It was not very good. And um, interestingly, one of my big issues that I went to counseling for initially when I was 22, that was my first counselor, wow. was was my weight issue, I was overweight, and I really wanted to get to the bottom of it. That was the only reason. And then, of course, deep dive into everything else, um, opened up my past, and, um, well, now I'm gonna be 58, so there's a lot of healing that's been involved. Wow. Um, but interestingly, uh, before I even got into counseling, I was reading a lot of self-help books, a lot of them, and I was in my early 20s, like 21, 22, and, and people started to contact me to say, Lisa, you're so good to talk to. I want to talk to you. And then strangers phoned me and said, I heard you're really good to talk to. And I'm like, 21. Oh, my wow. God. I, <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, crap. I better go to school and learn how to do this. But I really enjoyed it. So that actually started me on the journey of... Uh, wow. I started helping people. And, you know, people would come to my house and say, we want to talk to you, even couples. Holy shit, Lisa. in my 20s you can't deny that wow yeah. wow so that was a long time ago but i didn't know what i was doing i had just read some self-help books so <laughs> i thought damn it i better get some education <laughs> so, that's amazing yeah. wow. so now i have a master's degree and i've been doing it for 28 years and i do want to say just in case anybody wants to know that these girls have signed a confidentiality release so that we are good to do this because i do have an association that i belong to and i do follow the rules Yes, I love it. And yeah. I will say you are so confident and trustworthy. It's beyond and it's it's needed, especially in this line of work because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people have some pretty deep traumas that they're sharing, myself included. Mm -hmm. So that's very admirable. So thank you for clearing that. And so my specialty is trauma and it is some of the heaviest and most horrific stuff but I absolutely love it. I love working with trauma because you, you go through the trauma, you unpack it, you dump it out, and then boom, you just radiate because you're who you are without that. Mm. And so one that, once that falls over, falls away, 
the essence of you just radiates. 100%. And it is so rewarding. So it's wow. like the best. Amazing. So wait a minute. Can we like back up a second? Because <laughs> you're not just a counselor. Like oh, no. you, you work with a different type of, like a, in a way with an energy that I've never seen before. And the confidence that you have with that, like you see layers upon layers energetically with your clients. I mean, you did with me and I'm going to assume you do with me what you do <laughs> we with can, everybody else. We can talk else. about us. Yeah. Yes. We have to just keep it to what she, but I, yeah. But I can see that work and I, I noticed, yeah, it was just, it was really interesting and uh, it aligned a lot with the work that I do because I like working with energy and mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. work with connection and then, yeah, take it from there. <laughs> okay, so especially being beyond, I think that was yeah. that's the name uh -huh. beyond counseling. Yeah. You are so beyond counseling. When people just come to see you with this, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. what you went to, it's like, oh, there's some weight stuff. Mm -hmm. No, let's unpack it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. go there with what Tiff said. Okay, so that's a lot. There's actually a lot, but um, as a result of just unpacking my stuff and unpacking my stuff and unpacking my stuff, what's left when you're pretty clear is your intuition just goes off the charts. So when you're really clear, you just, you just kind of can tell what somebody else needs or is going through or what the next step is or what the layers are. Um, it's, 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 it's right there. And you know, sometimes I'll feel a feeling and I'll say, are you sad? And my clients will say, nope. I'm like, okay. And then a minute later they're crying because I'm actually in touch with them. That's right. And when you're clear, your, your intuition gets better and better. So there are a lot of times where I can just even find the belief that they're believing that's causing them to think that thought or hold on to that thing. And yes. it's, it's really just being clear and tapping into your own intuition. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting like what Tiffany always says, weeding through the weeds. Yeah. Getting to the deep, getting yeah. past all of that. The biggest thing mm -hmm. um, with trauma. So maybe you can walk us through kind of what you do, like some of the tools that you can help sure. with us, like some of the things you do with me. Mm -hmm. um, kind of. Okay. Going. Okay. Yeah. So my favorite is the Sedona method. Mm -hmm. The Sedona method. Um, so the book. There's a book called The Sedona Method by Hale Dwoskin, and that book ba basically helps you to just let go of your stuff so that you don't have it. So emotions are binary. We either hold on and we have them, or we dump them and we don't. So it's like that kitchen garbage. We want to take it out and not have any garbage. So all the stuff that we're holding, you know, we pack it in. If, we're, if we hold or repress, or repress things, we just layer up and we're full of all these emotions that we've held on to sometimes for our, our entire lives. Mm -hmm. And so we open that little Pandora's box, we dump it out, and then we throw the box away, and it's, and it's gone. And we don't have it. And that, I think, is where the healing happens, when all the baggage is gone. And there's nothing left except you being who you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And who you're supposed to be is not like a should, a goal that you need to be, just yourself. We're here to self-actualize, just be ourselves, nothing else. Yeah. Just be you with your warts and your chubby arms and whatever else. Who cares? <laughs> I love how you said warts. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's, it's so unconditional love. Like we're here to unconditionally love ourselves. That's right. As we are. Yeah. That's right. Oh, with all our foibles. To a hundred percent. 
Um, one of the kind of, I don't know, analogies or um, examples that you had said to me from the very beginning, there's two that I want to touch on. So one of them is the tree. So maybe you can share the tree. Oh, is it the acorn? Uh, do that one. And then we'll do the other one because they're so, they're, they're great analogies. Okay, so imagine an acorn. So in this acorn has every little bit of information that's going to grow into a beautiful oak tree. And once that acorn is planted and it gets the things that it needs, it just grows and it becomes itself. It, it, it self-actualizes. It's an oak tree. So we're born into the world with everything we need already inside of us to be ourselves. And, and, but when we're growing, it's like, oh, dad says don't do that. So we go, mom says don't do that. So we twist that in. You know, boyfriend says don't be like that. And so we're this like gnarled, twisted tree. We're not who we're supposed to be. We're these other versions of who people think we should say we should be. And we think we need to be what they want us to be. So we're like, mm. we're this twisted tree versus self-actualizing just being yourself and everything is there for you to do it you don't have to put anything in when the other stuff goes what's left is you mm -hmm. that's right and unconditional love of self that's what I'm all about be exactly. yourself yeah. yeah exactly and the other one is the light bulb my favorite that is okay. I've heard <laughs> yes you've done okay so too. so imagine a light bulb and on that light bulb, there's dust, 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 dust. So eventually that light bulb is going to appear dim. And maybe if there's enough dust, it's going to appear even black where no light comes out. And when you take the dust off, when you clean it all up, that light bulb will shine just as brightly as it ever did. And we are like that. And the dust is our emotions. So when we take off the dust, and we keep letting go, we are beautiful, brilliant ourselves. Mm -hmm. And shining as brightly as ever, we, we cannot be broken, we cannot, we're still intact, just get rid of the dust. We're still here as luminous as ever. Mm -hmm. And when the dust is off, we feel confident, strong, but not a strong bully kind of strong, and kind. We're kind yeah. to ourselves and we're kind to the world. Yeah, and I loved something that you've worked with me a lot on is because I had a lot of codependency problems and a lot of uh, low self-worth <laughs> and it was basically um, I lost my train of thought there sorry no codependency oh you always had shared with me it's like it is okay and perfect perfectly okay to just be direct honest and kind and standing yes. in your power and of what does Kristen want what does she need yeah. in this moment and regardless of what's happening outside of me mm -hmm. and what other people think or had placed upon me, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's about me getting back to, to yeah. who I am. Were you going to say something on that? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> grasshopper. Oh. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the student becomes a teacher. That's amazing. Uh, what I was going to say was just exactly what you were saying is um, listening to yourself. And I, and I say, respect yourself first. Listen to yourself. You know, we're so busy, especially as women, um, giving and sharing and taking care and helping. And what about me? Oh, I'm, maybe I'll fit in like later when yeah. everybody else is done that or finished wild. or asleep. How do we do that? Like, we're, well, we're culturally trained that way. Yeah. You know, we're raised that way. So, and I think we're women are often very nurturing creatures anyway. So we like to help, but yeah. we forget ourselves. We're so busy worrying about what everybody else thinks or wants. 
that we don't look after ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so if you respect yourself first, then you just tune into yourself. You just ask yourself, what do I want? And that's not very serious. You just, what do I want? But we just don't do it. Right. So, so asking yourself what you want, then you have the opportunity to check in because we don't do that enough. That's right. And see, is this right for me too? Is this something that I want to do? And then if it isn't, because you're respecting yourself first, you're saying, hmm, do I want to do this? Okay, yes. And then you respectfully say yes. And if it's a no, then you listen to yourself and you respectfully say no. So respect me first, then second. Mm -hmm. It's still respectful, but it's honest. You're taking care of yourself and you're being honest with that other person. Totally. We aren't that honest, we women, a right. lot of the time, because we're like, would you like to do that? Oh yeah, except we're lying. We really wouldn't. You're mm. true, this is so true. Yeah, Crazy. even about, mm. um, maybe we can talk a little bit more about codependency, like yes. where does that come from and what is codependency? Most people that are in yeah. the relationships, mm -hmm. whether it's from childhood and you are codependent with mm -hmm. the mothers or you had that, for example, like a mother and father relationship that were codependent on each other, yeah. then of course mm -hmm. you grow up and thinking that's the way that a relationship should be. So maybe we can yeah, talk most about... most of us. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we can talk a bit about codependency mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what that is. Okay, so codependency originated um, uh, in conjunction with alcoholism. You know, the alcoholic was dependent on alcohol and the codependent was dependent on the alcoholic. So the simple story, 1940s, 50s wife, the doctors and psychiatrists take the alcoholic out of the home and provide treatment. There weren't counselors back then. So he's away for like a month and then he comes back into the home and he's sober for a while, but inevitably he starts drinking again. And over time, what the doctors and psychiatrists realized was it wasn't just the alcoholic who had the addiction, it was also the wife. Shit. So, um, <laughs> so 19... Debbie's <laughs> <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> 1940s wife her job is to take care of the kids take care of the house take care of the home her job is to be a wife a mother and a woman so that's that's her that's who she's supposed to be she's she's doing for others that's kind of how she's raised and if you think i don't know if you've ever seen those old magazines that oh yeah like say like 1940s like a woman's supposed to be right oh my god and even horrific. just like standing there with their whether they have their apron on their cookie sheet or their food plate or like passing the beer to the husband, sitting down, yeah, yeah. he's come home from dinner. Yeah. I'm like visualizing my grandparents right now. Well, there's a show mom. called Mad Men and that was based in that era yeah. and that's what was happening. Okay. Like you got it, right you got it. Show, it's yeah. all exact, it's all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, so imagine it's four o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday and the husband hasn't come home from work yet. And the wife says, uh oh, it's Friday afternoon. Is he going to come home from work? Is he going to go to, is he going to go to the bar? So. It's 4.30, it's five o'clock, it's 5.30, she has dinner ready, it's on the table. It's six o'clock, the kids are fed, she puts them, they, they're off, and mm -hmm. of course they're clean and quiet now because she has to do that too. Um, it's 6.30, should she warm up the dinner? Should she put the dinner away? Is the dinner gonna go flying across the table when he's home? Is she should, pour, should she pour him a drink? Should she pour the alcohol down the sink? And so what has happened is that She's starting to escalate because she doesn't know who's going to come home, if he's going to be 
an absolute asshole or he's going to be a happy drunk or he's going to, you know, what's going to happen? She has no idea. So she starts to manage. She's trying to keep everything calm. So, you know, she'll make sure the kids are, you know, taking care of quiet, doing something. They're not going to bother dad. And so, of course, it's not just husbands and wives this way. But back then, that's sure. kind of where it started. It was more that. So, of course, e equally among the sexes. Totally. So, um, so she's now starting to worry about what she can do to make things okay, right? What does he want? Like, what does he want? What does he need? What is he going to think? What's he going to feel? And how can I manage that by, you know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't wear this dress. Maybe my, maybe he'll get mad at me for this. So I'm going to change this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to clean up. I'm going to maybe have the food this away. Maybe not because that might make him mad. So what happens is this is of course only just one example and it's of kind course. of extreme, but, but just for, I think it's a pretty it's a, good painting picture. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. So over time she, and she is always wanting to manage his emotions by doing what she can do. Okay. It's actually her trying to manipulate him through changing herself, changing the kids, changing the food, pour him a drink, pour the drinks, like anything, yell at him, have a fight, be be you know like who knows maybe she wants to suck up to him and that's right anything to keep the calm keep the quiet keep the peace because her job is to be a wife a mother a housekeeper and so she is just coping she's doing whatever she can to try and manage his emotions aka manipulate, manipulate and control him. by doing whatever she can do moving whichever chess pieces she can to have things be calm at home wow so the alcoholic is dependent on alcohol and she becomes so focused on him, 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 that her, the connection that she has with herself gets disconnected and, and all of her focus is on him. So she becomes addicted to him, addicted to the relationship. You hear relationship addiction, mm -hmm. trying to get the guy to do this or do that or don't do this or don't do that. And with her actions, she might ask, she might beg, she might yell. She might withdraw, who knows what she's gonna do, but we do whatever we can to try and manage. But the people who try to manage, they what they need to do is connect with themselves. Wow. They've connected externally to manage that other person and they've lost themselves. They've disconnected from themselves. They need to learn how to tune back in, connect with who they are and be themselves again mm. and be a being of independence like get their independence back stop being a secondary person to somebody else be a primary person make decisions stand up for yourself get your own back take care good care of yourself and it's and you and it's not that you're going to turn into this crazy bitch either no. you you when you're clear when that light bulb is clear you are kind mm -hmm. but you're strong and you're not a doormat yeah that was the so <laughs> powerful so good and this is this is why we do the work we do yeah. is clearing like getting in touch with yourself do the self-love do the self-care yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so you can get way more connected to your intuition yeah when I say this and needs are mm -hmm. what are they and yeah. then so it makes it yeah. easier to see things clearly for when life presents itself you can mm -hmm, have a better mm -hmm. idea and have a little bit more grounding uh, mm -hmm. substance before you make that decision or whatever comes your way, whatever it is. Yeah. It, it's just way more connect, connectedness. So it's, it's a beautiful, I love that 
what that you whole just description, said. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it paints a really nice picture. Wow, it's yeah. big. Um, I will touch on a little of my own story. So, leading up to what even got me to see Lisa was all of that times a hundred because I was basically so shamed of even just myself, who I was, the relationship that I was in, even the upbringing. I was just very small, like very small. And I thought like people from the outside, they'd be like, you know, I've got my blonde hair and my makeup all done and everything is perfect from the outside. But from the in, I was dying. Like just, it was just toxic chaos. Mm -hmm. So it pushed me to the point that I needed help. I needed, I needed that, that lifeline literally. And it took, you know, when, when the worst thing happened, so like the worst thing for me at that time in, in my life that I was so afraid of was to be cheated on. That was, that was it, you guys. Like I was just terrified. And then when that moment actually happened, because that's all that I was so focused on in my life was fear of being cheated on, well, guess what happened? So yeah. that pushed me mm -hmm. to the point where uh, the ex-partner actually reached out to Lisa, which it doesn't even matter, uh, but it brought me in. <laughs> so this is the beautiful, this is the beautiful connection. Like why I'm sharing this is what you think is the worst thing that's happening in your life. That carpet rip is the best thing because without that, I wouldn't have found Lisa. So the example of him reaching out then got me to the point where I was like, I need to reach out. I'm the one that's losing my mind. So the codependency part was that I was so distracted and focused on the partner. What are they doing? How are they going to go out and cheat? What can I do to change control or fix them? How can I do all these things? So it's like, then I started seeing Lisa and unraveling, but that was never the problem. That the, the whole reason why I even was distracted and found a playboy type partner was because I didn't want to look at any of my own shit. Mm -hmm. So I found somebody that was so distracting that I was then focusing on them and how I could be prettier, how I could be skinnier, how I could change Kristen because Kristen wasn't good enough because the person that I was with was so distracted and focusing on every other female but me. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the problem. I was the problem. So it's like, I'm saying mm -hmm. my shit so mm -hmm. that we can uncover this for others. Cause you, I'm not saying you, but most of us are so focused on our partner and the blame of them. But really it's like, why did you pick that type of a partner? Yeah. Well, and, and so, um, there's just one thing that you said that I want to, I want to focus oh, on. All and of it's it. not that you said you were the problem. Mm. Yeah. You were never the problem. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so but my, but your relationship with yourself was the problem. That's right. But oh. not that you were the problem. Okay, thank you, yeah. thank you, Lisa. Yeah, that's no, that's a, no, that makes sense. And yeah. that's I wasn't the problem, but I was standing in my own way, and the yeah. fear, yeah. Yeah. yeah, was definite. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. just to clarify, <laughs> no, that's no, that's yeah. great. Mm -hmm. And then when I came to see you, um, we started unraveling, and the importance of what I wanted to share yeah. this is because. As Lisa and I were unraveling, there were things in there that I wasn't ready to uh, look at and that were too traumatic for me. And I was like, 
oh, that's the reason why I chose this distraction. I'm going to stop seeing Lisa now. I'm going to go back to the distraction because that's too painful. Yeah. And so the pain part, what I would love for you to dive into is let's go into like feelings, beliefs, and emotions. So all okay. of that that was in even little Kristen, like the three-year-old, the six-year-old, mm -hmm, the 10-year-old mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was too painful to go mm -hmm, into. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, I'm going back to the relationship. Um, Lisa mm -hmm. clearly touched on the problem or whatever's holding me back and I'm going to continue on. Let's, mm -hmm. let's stay in that toxicity and the codependency mm -hmm, because mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. easier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I want to say just about that. Okay. That's absolutely normal. It is so scary sometimes to open up that Pandora's box and look at the worms and the mold and whatever else is in there. Mm. Like it's, it's shit in there and it's really, really, really painful. Wretched. So like dipping your toe in and running away, most of us do that. Okay. But then we're like, okay, well I do have to deal with that at some point. And then we, we grow the courage to do it. And so that's totally okay. Yes. Yeah. So for other people, that's totally okay. It's totally fine. You know, we all have a speed with which we do something and we can work at things at our own pace and be unconditionally loving with ourselves along the way. True. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk about rapid pattern release. Yes. Ooh. Okay. Oh, you don't know about this, Tiffany. I don't know. Okay. Well, now I'll tell you. Yay. <laughs> so okay. good. So, All the tools. So um, my favorite tool is the Sedona method, which is where you let things go. And I've been, I went to workshops and did um, the coach training. Um, Many years ago, I think I saw my went to my first workshop with Hale Dwoskin, the author of the book. I think it was two thousand and eight. Um, and and I was working really hard at letting stuff go and not be. And the questions are: Could you let that go? Would you let that go? And when? And I'm like, Yes, I do it yes. all the time <laughs> now, right now. now. <laughs> and then I'm like, Crap, it's still here. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and Shit. and I and I see these other people and they're dropping stuff and they're feeling great and I'm like. Why can they do it and I can't? And same with my clients. If I would ask my clients those questions, some people are dropping it and they're like, huh, that's gone and it's gone. Just like a coat, gone. Yeah. Wrap it off your shoulders and it's gone. And other people are like, yes, I can let it go. And they're holding on so <laughs> tight, right? I love that. They're like, sure, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I can yeah. let it go. <laughs> so, so clearly they, and, and it was me too. So. Uh, so I developed just over the years, 28 years of just learning things along the way. I, I developed a kind of a protocol to, um, to help identify what it is we're holding on and why we're holding on. So, because why would we want to hold on to stupid crap, painful, horrible, traumatic, painful emotions, baggage from the past. And all we want to do is let it go. Yet we're doing this. Bringing it closer. Control thing. I should, should no, no, I'll let you finish. Other people yeah. <laughs> no, you're right, Tiffany. It is a control thing. And I'll tell you why. So we're going to use my water glasses as an example. Yay. Oh, I love this one. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's say something happened. Some, some event. Maybe you were spanked really badly when you were a kid and it scared the crap out of you and you were quite traumatized by it. Okay. So let's say this is the, is, the body or, or the emotions and so so these are all the emotions and 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 we're scared we're maybe we're getting spanked and we did something wrong but we didn't know it was wrong and and we're we're so scared and we just brace we just brace and we hold all those emotions inside of us 
because at the moment that we're holding onto it, it feels so protective. And then, and then maybe we're told not to cry. Or maybe crying shamed. Or maybe there's just a whole lot of reasons why we hold. And not a lot of parents are the type of parents who really know how to support people with their emotions. So maybe parents weren't okay with that. So, you know, when I got spanked as a kid, and it was like years ago, but, but um, yeah, we just, we just contracted, did our, what we could do to try and be good, not get in trouble, and maybe run away. Mm. And so, you know, we were left holding all these emotions. So you've, you're holding on to these terrible emotions, and then you try to repress them because they feel so bad. So you're repressing them, and you're holding them, and it feels so terrible. But yet this bracing feels protective at the same time. Mm. So you're bracing. And then, you know, the next day happens and then you wake up and it's a sunny day and you go out and play. Well, what happens to all this? What happens to all this emotion? It goes from in your face to in your subconscious mind. And it's just out of your awareness, but you still have it. Holding it. You're still holding it. And it's always in some place in your body where you feel contracted. And that's what all those holding on things are. It feels like it's protective. It's like, where, where are you feeling that? Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's what you said. No, you said control. But it is. It's control. Right. I don't want to feel this. I don't want to yeah. feel this. And but suppress then, it down, right? You got it. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So you suppress it. And then time goes on. You grow up. And, and why do you have this pinch in your body? Why is that still there? And it could be, you know, that that you've had for, you know, well, it usually is 20, 30, 40, Let's 50 say it is. years. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, of you course it. it is. Yeah. yeah. So, um, this little technique that I developed called rapid pattern release is, is when you're triggered and a trigger, it's like when somebody says something or does something, you're, <gasps> you get so emotional, so quick, um, angry, mad, sad, whatever, afraid that's a trigger. And yes. like making a mountain out of a molehill. This is what happened, and this is how you're feeling. That's a trigger. Yeah, right. yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, we talk about triggers all, all the time. Okay, we yeah. trigger a lot of people. But no, it's good. I like, <laughs> I like you. Uh -huh. I like, Everybody does. Yeah, I like you. Um, uncovering this. So keep going. I love it. <laughs> so when we have a trigger, I get my clients to, and I and I give them a sheet of emotions just as a reference, and they can write down all the emotions that they feel. And I want them to write down every single one. And if they don't have enough, I'm going to go, well, what about that emotions? Don't you feel that? And what about that? And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I felt that one. And write them down. People write down 60 emotions sometimes. Um, and when you write them down, you validate them. And so those emotions, like how it felt when you were spanked, like maybe your parent kind of went a little nuts and you really got spanked, like it was not good. Those emotions are still there. So writing them down, it's like, oh my God. And then you see them all written down, 60 emotions on a sheet. Holy crap. And then you're like, damn, that was really traumatic because you see it now. Mm. And when I'm in my office, I write them down on a whiteboard and my clients are like, holy shit, no wonder that was so awful for me. I'm yeah. like, and you're... Mm -hmm. It's validated, right? You see it. And then this part, I think, is the most important part. Oh, I just love this. This is the most important part. So this part is, what did you think and feel at that time? So let's say somebody triggered you today, and, they, and you, you got really scared and whatever, and you went back to this memory. We did a sort of a float back, so you remembered when you felt that before. And then you wrote down all the emotions of when you were spanked. And then it's like, what did you think? What did you believe? What did you conclude at that time? 
and kids take everything personally it's always their fault even if they still think their parents screwed up they always take it personally so Why? so that's what kids do because any so that's a, such a good question yes okay so so imagine that your parents are kind of sketchy not real present um maybe they're alcoholics maybe they're workaholics maybe they're who knows what maybe they're they came from an abusive home and so you're growing up and you're scared because it's like, oh, I don't want to trigger my parents. Always walking on eggshells. Exactly, walking on eggshells. So what you're going to do is you're going to try to just behave and listen to your parents because they're right. And they might tell you not to be bad. And then when you screw up, they might tell you you are bad. And you go, damn, you know, that was really bad, that thing I did. And I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to try to be good. They kind of tell you it's your fault. And we do it anyway. And so... If a child says it's my fault, then the child says, I'm going to be good so I can fix it. That's mm, right. Mm, I see. So, and that's sometimes why they hang on too. It's like, I'm just going to fix this. I'm going to be good. I'm going to do what I'm told. I'm not going to fight with my brother. I'm not going to break whatever, whatever. And so we're like, yeah, I'm holding on to this. And I'm going to be so good. So I'm not going to get in trouble. And we try to fix it. A lot of people are fixers. Yeah. So getting back to the beliefs I get people to write down all of their beliefs about what happened at that time beliefs mom doesn't love me dad doesn't love me they don't care about me my feelings don't matter I don't matter you know maybe maybe my sister hit me I don't know and and she didn't get in trouble and I did they love her they don't love me and, and I get them to write all this stuff down. You know, the silly things that children believe, which are absolutely false, but in the moment they believe it, and guess what gets stuck? Mm. All the thoughts of when you're six and you got in trouble and your sister didn't and nobody cares about me, I'm alone, you know, um, gosh, um, nobody loves me, my feelings don't matter because I had to go to bed. I mean, maybe some of those things were true at the time. And so you write them all down. And you hold on to them because you just believe them in the moment and they become your core beliefs. These innocent thoughts of a child who misinterpreted what the parents did as I'm not cared about, I'm not loved, whatever, whatever your belief was. And we believe those. And as I do this, and I, I'm, I'm actually trademarking it and I'm going to... Yay! I'm gonna, it's a thing now. It's a thing. Rapid pattern release. It's a yes. thing. I'm writing it down. I'm going to write a book at some point it's and already done it's already yeah. in the ethers done it's just making Thanks it for that. that yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's done. That, that feels good yeah it's done. um uh, <laughs> okay i'll accept that yeah <laughs> and yeah. interestingly i have an author as a client too so she's like me lisa maybe we'll collaborate there you yes. go i was not mentioning any names no but anyway and then send it <laughs> and then send it my way too yeah anyways okay let's um, go okay so all right, so we've written all the emotions yeah. down, and then we write all these beliefs down, and then people can look at that and say, oh my gosh, I recognize all those freaking beliefs. Yeah. Every single one, we still have them. A thought when we're seven, a thought when we're eight, you know, and they're here. I'm not good enough. Nobody loves me. Whatever. Whatever we thought, they'll be in us. It's crazy. So let's continue. <laughs> Does it ever go away? Yes, of course. You actually just... You, yeah, we'll get there. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it goes away because they they were never true. Okay. Um. So, but I think part of the healing is recognizing, like, if you can kind of trace back where it came from and realize that you were 
like an innocent six-year-old who thinks mm -hmm. stuff like this. And then you realize that, you know what, that those were just thoughts of when I was six. Yeah. Like, I'm not good enough. Well, okay, you're six. You're freaking good enough. No shit. Or four. You're like, you're, you're even a toddler. Like, nobody loves me. I'm unlovable because I'm three. Excuse me? Children at three are perfect. Children at six are perfect. Perfect. Yes. Perfect, just perfect, kids. perfect. Kids and kids, like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like, how many kids think they're good enough? None. Yeah. Because they interpret the parent's behavior as I'm not good enough. So when it's all written down, you can start to see the root of where this stuff comes from. And you can realize it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. <laughs> it's all bullshit. How a parent treats you is interpreted by the child as I'm not this enough. I'm too much this. And, you know, I grew up with I'm too loud, too big, too... I don't know, whatever. I was too, 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 too much, too, oh, whatever. There goes the two, two, twos. There you go. Drop yeah. those spirituals. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love that. That's funny. So, <laughs> okay. Um, so so then you've the got beliefs. the beliefs. Yeah. Okay. And then, so, so back to my little water glass here. I'm glad I have this here. I'm holding onto this. And, and it gets stuck in time. It gets frozen in time. And let's say I'm 40. Mm. And I'm, I'm just, I have this belief that I have to be good. I have to be good. And if I'm good, then I'll get the love that I want. Because if I'm good at six or five or whatever, then, then my parents will see that I'm good and then I won't get in trouble. And then I'll feel like they love me and I'll feel safe. Mm, wow. And that's the secret agenda for self-care. If I hold on to this, I'll feel loved mm -hmm. and safe. And so why would I let go of something that's going to subconsciously make me feel loved and safe? Yeah. So that pattern of doing good or being good so that we get acknowledgement, so that we're not get, we don't get in trouble, so our parents were happy with us, that, that, that hope, that pattern that is going to somehow then parents are going to love me and care for me and be there for me. And then here's the other thing. If it comes true, then I'm then I'm loved and I'm safe. Of course, it doesn't come true because it's always it's always been a lie. But it doesn't come true. But because it doesn't come true, and we try so hard as a kid to be so good, we think we're failures. That's right. <gasps> dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I thought I was a failure my whole life. Wow. Yep. Well, not my whole life. No, no, I don't no. think I'm a failure now. But boy, did I think I was a failure. And I thought, oh, it's just because I've had this weight problem forever. And then when I took it back to, I failed to change my mother. I was trying to be good, good enough, so that she would see that I'm worthwhile protecting, and then she would protect me from my dad. And I was a failure because she did not protect me. Yeah. Shit. I figure. She couldn't. She, she wasn't capable. Couldn't. No. no, she wasn't capable. But that's what, that was the core of the failure. And so I thought it was a failure for so long because mom didn't protect me from dad. Of course, it was impossible, but my eight-year-old self didn't know that. That's that right. But that was, it's like, if I'm good enough, mom is going to rescue me. Mom will me. protect you and save you. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. why would you let go? Because you've got this, this secret agenda for self-care. This is going to work. This is going to work. And then it gets repeated in relationships. The um, cycle. Yeah. The, the same circle. circle jerk. Yeah. So 
And then once you kind of see it all written down and you can go all the way to, okay, well, now I know my secret agenda was to be rescued <laughs> and then I'd be loved and safe, right? So when you see it all written down, then you can see it's from the mind of a child mm. and that you're holding on to this huge list of all these really negative, painful emotions and really toxic, horrific beliefs and you're still holding on to them at 40 or 20 or whatever. When you see it all written down, you can go, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> No kidding. And then it's like, oh, none of it's true. None of it's relevant. And then you can just let go because you see through it. It's all, it's all a short, it's all fake. It's all a lie. It's a all lie. a sham. It's built on a house of cards. But we don't know that. It's, it's our subconscious is hanging on. But once you see through it, the whole thing drops. Yeah. And Lisa, isn't and it? it's magic. Yes. And wouldn't you say, like, our subconscious doesn't know what's real or fake? It Absolutely. Just, it just is in that moment, and then it mm -hmm. just makes something up, mm -hmm. but then it holds so desperately. It holds because it thinks it's going to, you know, save get and protect you yeah. and, and the yeah. safety. Yeah. So then we just mm -hmm. continue on that pattern of, like, oh. It. And then this is another reason I feel like why we stay in codependency or um, with relationships that have are not serving us or are very toxic is because we believe that we can save them or <laughs> we believe that, um, or sorry, or we're in denial of mm. that whole mm -hmm. story mm -hmm. because we're like, well, I know what to do. I can just do yeah. all these things. Yeah. Yeah. And then also another side of this is, you know, looking at your mom and your dad or your brother, your sister or your partner mm -hmm. as exactly who they are. And it's like, oh, yeah, this yeah, is another good topic mm -hmm. if you want to mm -hmm. touch on, mm -hmm. um, that mm -hmm. really helped me. So you're mm -hmm. like, you cannot change, control, or fix <laughs> anybody else. No. Mm -hmm. The only person that you can focus on is yourself and change yeah, you is yourself. yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if we want to touch now on this kind of yeah. beautiful topic because it's my favorite. <laughs> it's, it unraveled a lot for me. You know, I... I um, I have this kind of joke too that that women see these red flags and and men too and you know the red flags are waving and then we do this little brain i don't know what brain fart something and it's like we hold those red flags up to the window and 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 the light shines on them and it's like oh they look pink i like pink pink is good i can do pink it's like it's like we pretend something that is a red flag is not it's pink <laughs> it's pink i work i think it's okay and so we have this weird denial piece that we, it's like, this is how somebody presents, but you know, you just look at it this way and then we can delude ourselves into <laughs> pretending that they actually aren't that way. Or and they'll get better maybe, or right. Maybe they'll well, get, they'll fix themselves. All those things. <laughs> all not true. You have to actually believe them. You have to believe them when they say, this is who I am and this is what I am and this is what I do and this is how I am. You have to believe them. We think, and not just women, of course, but we think that, you know, back to the codependent woman, if I do this, then, you know, maybe he'll be a happy drunk. Or if I do this, then maybe he'll be whatever. Or maybe, maybe he's not drinking. Yeah, sure. Um, we think that we have control and we wish that we did because we don't want to have the chaos. We don't want to have our hearts broken. We don't want to have whatever, but you know, gosh, 
I've had clients who've been in physically and emotionally ab abusive relationships for years, and one, it's like, but I was good, I was good, I was, I, I was beautiful, things. I, you know, uh, he didn't change. <laughs> yeah, right, because he was a psychopath, and this person actually was what I'm thinking about, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but he still didn't change, and she was in her 50s. Oh. And so, it's like, She's holding it's like, on to the belief that he would. She right? was holding on, yeah. Well, see, and, and back to the, if, if, um, if I'm good as a child, then I'll get the love that I need. And she put that onto her relationship. She was with him very young. And if he loves me and I'm good enough, he will change. So it's always externally yeah. on somebody else. Yeah. Instead of being mm -hmm. like, I am good enough, I, I am amazing, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I don't need anybody to change. I'm just the one that needs to go within, love myself. And then when, like you say, you're seeing clearly, you can actually see the person as they're showing up. And it's not yes. even what they say to you, it's the actions, right? Mm -hmm. How they're, who, like who they mm -hmm. are, who, they mm -hmm. who are they showing you that mm -hmm. they are every day? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's and the big one. Yeah. And you know, when we're really emotional, it's hard mm. to see because we're looking through this wall of emotion and it's like, oh, you know, there's this thing that happened and oh, well, you know, it, and it's going to be okay. And, and we just, we, we, we hide behind these emotions and we just get small and we think it's okay. And it's not. Mm -hmm. And, and I, mean, I think it takes a lot of courage to tell the truth. It takes a lot of courage to say, that's just how that person is. Yeah. And, and they're, they've been that way for however many years, 50 years, 40 years, 30 years. And, and you know, this idea that women think they're going to change their men, it's just the biggest pile, sorry, of shit. It's just, and I hope, I tell everybody about hope. Yeah. Hope, the dog shit in a pretty package. Yeah, perfect. A big, a big piece <laughs> of dog crap in a box with a bow. Because hope is the delusion or the illusion or the wish or the hope or the magical thinking that somebody's going to be different. I have hope and hope is such a good thing. People say, oh, hope's so good. I don't think so. No. 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 I think tell I, the freaking yeah, truth. I the think truth. that of uh, the word potential also. That's hope. That's, yeah, that's, that's dog crap. Potential. Yeah. Uh, that word. Anybody's, but they have potential. Yeah. Who are they right yeah, here Yeah, maybe today? in like six more hundred, you know, lives. <laughs> Lifetimes. Right. Yeah. yeah. In future lives. Yeah. And it is hard work for somebody to grow up. And if they aren't interested, you need to believe them. No shit. You need to believe them. There are so many people. Well, if he went to counseling. Well, does he want to go to counseling? No. Okay, then. There's, yeah, there's, there's your, your answer. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't and do it a lot of people, no, they're not interested. They're just, they don't, they don't think they have a problem. They like themselves the way they are. And I say, listen to them, believe them. They're telling you who they are. And so you have to tell yourself the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This that was the hardest. What's showing up. That was the mm -hmm. hardest one for me. Yeah. It was really difficult. And then it was like, as you yeah. start peeling back the layers mm -hmm. and you've always said this, you said, um, about the change controller fix. Mm -hmm. And you also said about, um, if you, so you would say to me like, okay, so if you can't accept them for who they are today in this moment, then you have a choice always, always. And it's mm -hmm. like, Kristen, you can either stay and accept them exactly as they are, or you can continue with your own patterns of delusionment of just, you know, being in denial, whatever, mm -hmm. not seeing the truth. Mm -hmm. Or you take a path and you yeah. go into the unknown, go f go on your own. 
Yeah. Choose what's right for you because yeah. it's a choice. It's always a choice. And so, you know, when we love our partners and usually women who are in relationships with people, no matter how challenging, they love them. That's right. And so leaving is really, really hard and telling the truth is really, really hard, but you don't have to do it all at once. Mm-hmm. And you can just work on your own mental health. You can work on your own well-being so that you feel good and strong. And then when there's a version of you that feels good and strong and takes care of herself and she's healthy and she tells herself the truth, that one, that future you who's healed and who's strong might make a new choice for herself because that relationship might not be in alignment anymore. But it's okay to take time because things do take time. And if you're not sure, Mm -hmm. you can hang out until you're clear and things take time. You always have choice. Like I never, I would never rip somebody out of their relationship. I mean, I might suggest that they, if it's really violent, like right. in that case, yes. I'd be like, you know, okay, for somebody. But someone's safety is different. Yeah. But yeah. if it's just, yeah. you know, like we're a little off and there's this thing and I mean, some things you can work on, um, but other things, if like, if, if, you know, you're having an affair and he says he's never going to leave and you're like, he's going to leave. And it's like, well, I think you need to just believe him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we like our we like our fantasy. That's it. We like our wish. We like our happy ever after. You know, the knight in shining armor, and everything's going to be good, and we're going to be happy, and all that crap. And we like that because it's like, oh yes, and now I'm going to be happy, and whatever. I've got this wonderful man, etc. And. And so, and this is what sometimes I challenge people to do, like if they actually do tell the truth. And the reality and the fantasy are so different. Yeah. And like the potential, that's the fantasy, because the potential is just another word for, yeah, denial. For the the and, dog shit hope yeah, stuff. Dog shit in a box with a pretty wrapping paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really stinky too. So, oh my God, you're so awesome. <laughs> so, so, um, where was I? Dog poop in the bag. No, before, no, before, before that. Um, <laughs> I knew about the dog poop. <laughs> My shirt's coming up. The hope, the um, uh, potential. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you, it's like when you actually start to tell the truth about your relationship, you realize that you're, what you're giving up is just a fantasy. Yes. And it was never real anyway. It never was. It never was. Oh, my God. Lisa, like, this is so powerful because I'm telling you, after I started deconstruct, like doing through all this stuff, and mm-hmm. it has taken a long time. Mm-hmm. But finally, once I got to it, I was like, oh my God, this person was never this person that I thought or created in my mind. Yeah. yeah. I desperately wanted them to be that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I had so mm-hmm. many times where it was like, the, this isn't matching up, but the denial mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. so strong. I held on to it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is truth. And then it was like, finally. I remember. Yeah. Remember yes. when I had that breakthrough? I remember. Yes. I was like, I remember it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Even like every belief that I had about the person, I'm like, oh, well they have this or, oh, there's this, there's this. And then all of them were like, no, none of them were true. The nope. person was never that. Nope. And it was just the fucking fantasy that I held on to. Yeah. And this, mm-hmm. and that also mm-hmm. is devastating guys because it's part of like, oh, this just, it's hard because you're like, yeah, yeah. You've never been that person. Yeah. It's like, that was hard thinking that, you Mm -hmm. know, someone a certain way and then they're just not like, 
Everything that you knew was a fucking lie. Yes. That's devastating. Like, that is hard. It's really hard. And especially if you're dealing with somebody who has, like, a a mental illness. Like, I mean, I mentioned uh, a psychopath. But, you know, more commonly, people are narcissists or or they have narcissistic tendencies. And if you're in a relationship with somebody like that, then um, that person will will make you at fault so much. And, then, and it's like, you know, you did this right. thing and, and they did this thing and that was not good, but yeah. somehow it's all focused on what you did. And, and you're like this woman who's perhaps, or man, who's, who's a little bit self-aware and says, you know, that's true. I did do that thing. And I know that I could do better there. And then suddenly it's all about, you can do better here. But what they did doesn't even exist. It's off the table. It's all, you're not good enough. They're and so good at fo- being able to absolutely. teach you how to, to focus the focus off of them. There's yep. that master manipulation, yep. Yep. that gaslighting what, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can you give some examples kind of like in a relationship as to what that kind of looks like of manipulation or um, like what are some signs mm-hmm. or red flags that people could look out Good for? Good question. Um, if you feel guilty yeah. or afraid or if you feel pity, those are often sort of Ooh. things that you need to look at. <laughs> pity. Guilty, afraid, or pity because those are things that, that manipulators will use to push your buttons to get you to do what they want you to do. And so that can even be through guilt. Oh, guilt, absolutely. And yep. what's some mm-hmm. examples of that? Okay. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I want to this is so good. I love watching her. Like, <sighs> yeah. Tell Cause, me more. Cause I, yeah, because people, so good. P- there's so many people um, that are. Um, for example, um, um, well, I, I don't. Um, okay, so I'm going to make up something. I have a million stories, but I don't want to um, just have yeah, anybody you can be use, anything. You can use so, me. A person, <laughs> use me. I'm great. I've been through. I've been through everything. She, she signed so, a waiver. Like, I know. I know. But, but I'm, um, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so somebody will cry and say, "I miss you so much," and and you know, I've I've done a lot of thinking, and you're absolutely right. I do have these poor qualities, and I'm really going to work on it. And maybe we could just go out. And then they try and like reel you in. That's one example. Um, even though you know perhaps they were physically or emotionally abusive, and suddenly they're like, and it's like they're sad it's because they're the victim. So if I'm the victim, poor me, then I might feel guilty. Um, um, maybe it's a parent. I mean, parents can have all kinds of issues too. Who continually borrows money from their kid. You know, I'm just having a hard time. I just was hoping that you could pay for this thing. You know, mom might have a drinking problem and the kid end up, ends up, you know, giving mom lots of money and what's she going to do with it or worse. And then there's drugs too, but, um, or like in relationship, it might be, oh, you're going out with your friends again. Oh, I thought we were going to do something. Oh, good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, didn't you just see that person this other time? Ooh, well, I guess I'll just stay home by myself. This is good, Lisa. Lisa, I just want to get Lisa. It's your birthday. (laughs) I love this. Good, so good. It's so good. I'm guilt, right? And fear, or or you just might get a little dart of, um, like disapproval, or just a little, a little like a little anger. Might not even be a word. It might even just be like a, and you can feel it. And it's like, ooh, yeah. I better not do that. Another one that is uh, a good one is withdrawing. They will withdraw. 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's a punishment. That is a punishment. It's like, oh, I so see. maybe maybe you go out with your friend or whatever and you come home. Nothing. And they're cold. Yeah. And they're cold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's That would be the punishment. And then it's like you feel like, you know, and then you might feel sorry for them because they're so mad or they're so hurt or... Well, you know, I just uh, I just heated up some dinner, some leftovers, and I watched a stupid show, and I went to bed because I had nobody to talk to. Another good example that just pops into my mind is, let's say um, you are going to go out. Let's say the mom's going to go out, and then she's gone and made sure there's dinner in the oven that everybody's going to be t- cared right. for, mm-hmm. and like all the you know um, things that she could have pre-done in order for her to go out right. to get mm-hmm. that approval instead of being like. Peace, I'm out, have fun, see you later. Mm-hmm. And then it's like... Like maybe he's a parent too and he can also do these that's things. That's right. Yeah. Or like, you know, walking yeah, on those eggshells. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I know this happens so much even with other friends and different things like that where they just their, their man may be working or their man's doing something else and their responsibility is always on them. So it's just yeah. they continually not to not to choose themselves first. Yes, and, really and it's, it is it's really challenging, especially if there's kids involved. Yeah, yeah for sure, mm. for sure. And uh, I mean, everybody's situation is different. And I mean, it, and if that's what you have to do to get out, maybe that's what you need to do in that situation. Um, but over and over and over again. Then, well, and if it's some people are willing to do it, and if that's what their choice is, then that's their choice, and mm-hmm. maybe that's who they want to be, and then that's okay. Mm-hmm. But if it's not okay, and they're they're continually giving themselves away, it's probably going to break at some point, mm-hmm. and something is going to go wrong in the relationship, mm-hmm. because it's that's that's you can't sustain that forever. It's mm-hmm. unsustainable. Mm-hmm. And that's often what women women just not just women. But that's often what happens is we give and we give and we give and we give and then something just goes tweak and oh, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. We either, we're so empty, we're exhausted, we're burnt out and with that resentment's just piled up and suddenly, so and suddenly we're like, I'm making any fucking dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. Fuck that noise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And what advice do you have for others um, that are at that point of, it's like they have a choice, continue in the cycle Mm -hmm. or break Mm -hmm. free? What's your best advice? Mm -hmm. I think um, it's really hard to do stuff on your own. If you can collect a team to support you, a team, girlfriends, counselors, friends, um, um, your family, if your family's supportive, families can be or might Sometimes not be. They cannot. They can yeah. also be a problem to be like, oh, just stay. Like, what are you gonna do? Yep. You gonna go out on your if own? If they're supportive, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and get a team. You know, okay. like a lot of people, especially if they're in a, a relationship that maybe is a little isolating, they feel alone. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't have support. So get support. Get support. Um, and is it like? I mean. There's so many different sort of phases to go through. I always, I, always, um, I always hope that people will just start to take themselves, their mental health, their well-being, their own self, their body, their physical body, their emotional body. Take care of yourself. Make time for yourself. So whatever you can do to make yourself to, to feed and just like that, respect yourself first. Go for nice walks. Um, be with friends. Be in nature. Have um, a spiritual path. Yeah. Um, connect 
connect with a counselor if you have stuff that you you need to work through and every counselor is very different by the way every counselor has their own styles um and i want to stop you for one second people that are watching like you don't just go and find a counselor you do your research yeah. find through somebody that somebody else this is another good example Find somebody that you would like to be, maybe not like, but you like the path that they're on and you'd mm -hmm. say, how would I feel if, you know, that was kind of my life? How would that look? And then ask them what they're doing because whatever they're mm -hmm. doing that you like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is probably going to work. Whereas mm -hmm. if it's somebody that you're getting advice from that is in the toxic relationship still and isn't mm -hmm. doing any of their self-care and you wouldn't trade your life with theirs probably don't ask them who they're getting help from because they haven't been able to do what they need to do for themselves or get themselves out mm -hmm. so be mindful and obviously we highly recommend you your next level like out of this world you're a beyond a counselor and um yeah so i wanted to stop you just to say that part because don't just go and find one do your research and that's with yeah. what we there's share. A, there's a big uh, influx of people, oh, counseling doesn't work for me, I tried that's, that. That's right. And it's mm -hmm. it always mm -hmm. comes mm -hmm. back around because yeah. there wasn't a connection and mm -hmm. enough of a mirror to, or whatever. Whatever. Mm -hmm. There just wasn't an enough mm -hmm. connection. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. just wasn't an alignment. Yeah. So people will often give up and it's really Don't sad. Stop. Yeah, it's sad because yeah. it's like, just because you tried once or twice, that's such a small percentage of trying. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and not only like there are so many different styles of counseling, like different tools and techniques that counselors will use, but also so many different personalities, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm direct, <laughs> I'm really direct mm -hmm. and that's not going to work for everybody. I'm not a real hand holder. No, I'm mm -hmm. like, let's let it go. Come on, let's go. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> that's how I train people. <laughs> Pick it up. Let's go. Come let's on. go. Breathe through it. <laughs> And that works for people like I will work for people who are more motivated to actually just take action yeah and but you know I'm not good with people necessarily who really want a gentle soft hand holding you know a slower ride but I recommend people that I, I have connections with other counselors who are much better than me and so there's always in that area yes in that area okay yeah good job <laughs> and and um, and but every counselor has strengths and weaknesses and and, um, you know, like if somebody comes to me with drugs or alcohol, I'm going to refer them. I've never trained for that. So, right. And that's not so, what you want to do. No, you don't, it's not my interest. Not your thing. No. Your trauma. Give me trauma. Fucking trauma. Uh -huh. <laughs> but that's where a lot of the alcohol abuse comes from, is from the trauma. Yeah. And if they've handled that, then they can see somebody yeah. like me. That's, I mean, yeah. I, I'm talking about me and uh, I've just done this very, for a very long time. So I know how I work mm -hmm. and I know what to do with a lot of things. Um, but other people are, have other training and experience and et cetera in different areas and they're really good at that. Yes. And so find somebody, if you can, that, um, that you feel like you have a connection with, like you can trust this person and they, they really get you, they listen. And even just that can make such a difference. Just mm -hmm. somebody who gets you and listens and understands. And if they have a bunch of tools, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have a lot of tools. Well, yeah, and it's know. here's the, this is the cool <sighs> this is so refreshing it is I honestly agree. I just fucking love you yeah <laughs> just I just want to eat you up I just, <laughs> like, <laughs> <You're adorable>. um, <laughs> literally so I'm I will say 10 years that I've been seeing you there's things that come up and it's like 
we can handle this the, the traumas of the you know those deep rooted things and then sometimes there's new things that come up yeah. and what I love about Lisa is she utilizes all these different types of tools so it's not like I don't just go to Lisa and I'm like hey this is what's happening and I just you know don't really know we're getting to work we get to work we get to work we're here to heal yeah. some people come and see Lisa and they'll see her five times mm -hmm. they deal with the shit they're happy with just that little issue mm -hmm. and then that's it they're on their way and they're happy and they're content yeah. Yeah. I'm like let's go <laughs> my freaking goal is just internal peace yeah. just be at peace mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and love myself mm -hmm. and that is where I'm going to continue to do and and to go and 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 um, I talk about the tissue box like mm. so we're, we're we're all a tissue box and we pull one tissue and then another one pops up and pull another one and it pops up another one and so we can pull a bunch and then it's like oh we feel so good and then things are really calm and really happy and it might last a little while for some people it lasts a minute like you so last 30 <laughs> seconds for me and then another tissue and another tissue and there are people who are really highly motivated to let go of everything and you are that mm -hmm. and there not everybody's like that um but i'm like that so just tissue box until you're just empty because you get to experience just being who you are and that's what we're here to do be who you are no fully embodied just yourself embodied self actualization be you and when we don't have those tissues we are that and it just feels better and 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 freer and happier and lighter and clearer and you fall in love with yourself and you fall in love with the world mm. wow, so you show up said. differently the world shows up differently yeah. so um can we talk a little bit about when you think you've peeled the onion back in a certain area because mm -hmm. quite often this this com this topics come up quite a bit mm -hmm. even for myself like mm -hmm. for instance like I swear I dealt with my mommy issues. <laughs> I swore I did. And then yeah. they came up again. So, yeah, that's, it's, I still deal with my mommy issues. Okay. So that's perfectly normal. Okay. Uh, and also, um, so you deal with kind of what's on the surface and then you go deeper, like that onion mm -hmm. goes deeper and deeper and, or those tissues and you get to the core stuff. Mm -hmm. You you either are empty and you have nothing mm -hmm. and she can't trigger you and she whatever and and you're at complete peace or something else pops up and it, it just often does yeah and it's and it would it wouldn't be exactly the same thing like if you had let that tissue go and it was gone that piece is gone yeah. but it might be something else okay it might be a different angle or it might be you believe this over here but this time you believe this mm -hmm. it could have been a different trauma you know, we have our parents for a lot of years. And it, this is it. And the most pivotal times of our life. And we believe all the things that are told to us right. or projected onto us. Or we just, you know, I'm unlovable because my mom didn't have time for me while she just went to work. But I'm unlovable because mm. of that. Like they're, and so, mm -hmm. and so, you know, maybe she went to work. And then maybe she had another kid. And then, you know, who knows? What, what were we going to believe when the next kid sh showed up? So... So maybe the, you healed, went to work, but maybe you didn't heal when the kid showed up and suddenly mom abandoned you because she was nursing a baby and, and she had no time for you. I mean, who knows? Yeah. So yeah. there's always, like, it, it's there's the tissue box and mine went to the moon and uh, it's almost empty now, but it's not quite, em still not empty okay. and I still have mommy issues and it's not many of them. I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard work, you know? Think about what monks do. They sit in caves and they work on their stuff forever <laughs> and 
But maybe if they went back to their family, they'd find they had a lot more stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Isn't that yeah. the truth? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting because, um, yeah, just sometimes it yeah it comes back up and people are like, what the hell? I thought I dealt with this. That happened a lot of people. Yeah, and I think Probably that happens all the time. And I used to say back when I was you know younger, way younger, because I started this when I was twenty two. I would I would go to counseling and then I'd be like, I'm done now. And then something else would come up. And then yeah. I'd be like, go to counseling. And I'd say, I'm done now. Yeah. And then by the time I was like 36, I gave that up because I was just not done. Yeah. And now I'm 58, almost. And I'm still not done. So mm. <laughs> it takes a long time. But, but you know, it's like when you feel better, and then you feel even better, and then you feel even better, and then you feel even better, and you feel even better, and then you feel even better. Why stop? Yay. Don't. Don't stop. Well, I don't, I'm not going to. <laughs> and like, here we go, is we keep going and we peeling back layers. And then whether other people believe it or not, we talk about this all the time, but it's like past life shit. Sometimes there's stuff that's so buried within mm -hmm, you that mm -hmm. you don't even have a memory from, mm -hmm, but you mm -hmm. feel it in your soul. Yeah. And you can let core. that stuff go too, by the you way. You can. Yep. I still this is why Lisa's beyond method. counseling. <laughs> we go beyond. It's not just yep. counseling. It's yep. beyond. I had to work through, I went through this really interesting time. Nothing happened, and I told, talked about this on the podcast before, but I would go driving for a period of time, like long distance, and I was so used to doing this on my own, but all of a sudden I developed this fear of driving. Interesting. I was like white knuckling it. I was like, oh, I'm one earth away, just like a fucking rah, just like off, off the side the of the road. Huh. And it was, it was terrifying to me. And like even driving by trucks, I've never been like that ever, 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 ever. Like I've driven to Seattle, Spokane, like by myself just to visit my family. Huh. And then all of a sudden, so hmm. what do you think? Yeah, I know. Lisa's got yes. her tick ticks. Yeah. So, um, could be a host of different things. One that driving somehow could be a trigger because some, okay. So one of the thoughts that I had about that, yeah. about driving is that perhaps you drove into somebody else's thinking. Perhaps oh. those th thoughts weren't even yours. And I didn't feel like they, they were. showed up because the, that could have been somebody else's thoughts that you just oh. picked up on because I didn't think of that. When you're really intuitive, you can, you can, and, and I was thinking like past life shit. I was like, it's probably somebody else was scared and then, and you heard it in your head and it felt Something. like it was you and you thought it was you, but you know, and I could imagine it and I could feel it as if it was me Except and it, it was might like, not have been. I felt wow. like I would have had to have been crazy to have done something, do something like that. Like, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and in fact, so what you're saying is actually really common. Oh my God. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I had a, I had a client who, who said to me, um, he was like, you know, I was just driving and I really thought that I could turn off the road and he says, and then that same road and this is what I thought. And I just said, oh, those aren't your thoughts. Those are somebody yeah. else's. So probably somebody there was actually feeling that way and, and they were like, thought forms or thought bubbles at the same time that were still there. Interesting. And then I just said, those aren't your thoughts. And he's like, I know, they really aren't. You know, <laughs> I never thought like that before and I don't wow. want to kill myself. But he heard them. Yeah. And and I've even had thoughts like that where I'm just like, oh, it should be really easy to drive off the cliff. Right. And then, um, and then I just went, oh, I wonder whose thought was that? And I just kept driving and I never thought of it again. So I had I to use, yeah. I had to use a lot of the tools that you taught me in our sessions. Like, can you just let that go? Uh, that's a donut. Yeah. yeah, and it was, mm -hmm. it actually, when I came to the point of like, 
possibly past life thing or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was the same concept. Like, these are not mine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can I let this go? Well, fuck yeah. I don't want to fucking white knuckle it anymore. Like, I'm sweating balls (laughs) for hours. It's like (laughs) painful. (laughs) And when I've shared this with people, people are like, whoa, really? And I'm like, what's wrong with me? I don't know. Like, nothing. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Now, having said all of that too, Tiffany, there is also a possibility that that could be been a trigger. So somehow, somehow, um, feeling scared some other time in your life um, that it, you got triggered for that. So okay. I mean, I remember when I um, I had there was a lot of violence in my upbringing, and I was often scared. I wasn't scared when I was driving, but somebody else was driving, I was scared, oh. and it was actually a trigger for just sort of being scared, feeling out of, like, out of control, and okay. somebody else could make this situation. So, so there's, there's, there's legitimate triggers for trauma, okay. and there's also other stuff, which doesn't have any foundation in your life at all. It's like, suddenly, that, you know, I'm like, oh, driving along, oh, I could just drive off this cliff, but I didn't give it a second thought, right. I, and you don't you have to. It power. Nope. I did feel like it got worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Because I was uh, like, well, like, oh, what am I, why am I thinking this? Yeah. Do I think this way? No. Yes. Just drop it. I, I, Can I, would I? Uh, what? Like, this yeah. is a really great yeah. actual mm-hmm. kind of segue into what can happen with people and what has happened a lot in my life is that thought. So maybe we can mm-hmm. go into that. So how mm-hmm. the subconscious and then it's a, avoiding us feeling. So we should talk about that. How... The thoughts go like this because we're avoiding mm. what's here and when you teach okay. people to go in there. Ah, yes. okay, okay. We didn't touch on this mm-hmm, yet. Mm-hmm. So is it kind of like um, sort of figuring something out kind of thoughts? Because that's well, usually we when we do that. Yeah, figuring out or... Yeah, because um, that's kind of what you were doing. Like, where did this thought come from? That's yeah, right. and then I would go. just think all the thoughts that had anything to do with driving off the side of the road or running myself into a fucking truck. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Right? Like, it seems so absurd. I like, I have so and much to live for. Well, I don't want to fucking die yeah, doing they that. Like, thoughts. my they God. They were your thoughts. Yeah. They were your thoughts. And I think or, it's so okay to just recognize. But do you want to say something? Christine? I do, because when you were... I'm trying to think of what other people can resonate with. So, mm-hmm. like, if we use it, for example, of, like, maybe relationship-wise or, like, thinking that your partner's cheating, that's a really good one because you're thinking about it instead of feeling what you need to feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, yeah. that uh, thought... people get stuck up here they're just here and that whole process that you take people through Uh the obsessive Uh behavior Uh well so i mean that's got a lot of layers that one okay but um, whatever you feel is a good one to go on to explain then you do you okay so um i'm just trying to think of um it's okay yeah it's it's really it's really simple to um, uh, let's say, for example, I have a friend who is very focused on what's happening in the world that's not good. Okay. And she is online, and she's reading everything, and she's reading and reading and reading, and she's attending events, and she's very opinionated and very right about what should and shouldn't happen in the world, and and she knows, and she'll tell everybody her opinion, and it'll be right, and 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 she and so. Um, She's so focused on this is wrong and this is what should happen and this and she's and she's just very focused on that um, to the point where it's compulsive, just this sort of mm, fixing, habitual. fixing, thinking, fixing. When, when, if she tuned into her body, she might find 
that there's a whole lot of unresolved trauma that instead of actually going getting present and finding out what she's actually feeling it's being distracted like you you instead of going in here and finding out like what do i feel and maybe i feel scared mm. and threatened and upset and angry and out of control instead i'm looking online and finding all these things to focus my attention on that in fact probably make me feel worse in a way but in some way maybe just distracts me from actually what's going on inside of me yeah and and you know when we talk uh, talk about the tissue box we go inside that's where the feelings are that's right. we are a container and we pull that out and then you know we might have this tightness in the body and then when it's gone it's relaxed and then somehow the appeal of all the things that i used to spend so much time researching it's not there anymore but if we stay distracted by looking fixing doing and not actually being present and checking back in with me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That never goes, and in fact, what's in here? Because it, I mean, if you look at bad news all the time, you might actually end up feeling worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. You become that vibration. You become that fear. You, you do lowering and, yourself, and and you're becoming sort of. That's right. You're becoming more connected with the thing that you don't want, and it's not it's necessarily so true. It's like putting it in the ether, and it just you feel like connected. You talk about that like with the universe like mm -hmm. what, are you, what yeah. are you asking for yeah and it's like and you, we can focus on the things that we don't want and we're saying mm -hmm. what we don't mm -hmm. want and then yeah. that's what's just that's driven. what's showing up at your door yeah 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 and if you go inside and you let go of all the stuff that you're really avoiding by focusing on whatever out here fixing something changing it out there yeah. and you ignore this this doesn't go anywhere it might get worse okay question for those who are totally unaware of this, is there anything that we could say that could bring the awareness to step into the pro next process of like, just sitting there, is this a trigger for me? Am I being distracted? Well, it certainly ask those questions. <laughs> yeah. Like, just asking, becoming, yeah, yeah beca um, becoming self-aware and and those questions are great. Is this a trigger for me? Okay, so this is what happened. This is what happened, and this is what I'm feeling. It's a trigger. Mm -hmm. So okay, well, what? When did I feel this way before? That's the question. To oh ask. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's yeah. not the first time you're feeling this way. Right. And it goes, and you can trace it right back. Um, and you, you know, mm. the healing is in the feeling. We just feel our feelings, and they melt away. It's true. But but we're doing this, that feels, I feel this, it feels, it feels bad. I must be feeling my feelings are gonna go away. Uh-uh. No. No, this is feeling your feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just absolutely being with them without resistance. Accepting them. Yeah. yeah. You don't Letting need to do anything with be. them. Yeah. You don't just have to try to understand, control, mm -hmm. yeah. change, just yeah. feel. And I, I've talked about this before. I will say there are moments when I've been there and the feelings coming up mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, it's painful. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like death and people, that's what they're running away from at mm -hmm, times mm -hmm. because that's so big. I remember being in hairdressing and, um, I would actually excuse myself. And when I started working with Lisa big time, I was like, okay, this is an opportunity. Something's come up for me to feel. I would mm -hmm. run into the bathroom. I'd sit there, I'd surrender and I'd be like, okay, what would Lisa say? Feel just, and then as it became bigger and bigger and bigger, it eventually just boom. 
it was gone. And I was like, that's what she's talking about. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to explain until you actually experience it and then challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. People are like, but I can't. What do you mean? And I talk about this with my clients. I use this all the time. And I'm like, sit there and surrender. Like, Mm -hmm. bring it on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Just mm -hmm. let it. And like, you'll go to the extent where you'll say, bring a shape to it. What does it look like? Is it sticky? Is it a square? Is it a circle? What color is it? Where is it located in your body? How dense is it? Is it heavy like a rock? Or is it, you know, like clouds? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that gets you from inside to outside when you start to actually sort of give it a shape. When you're inside, I call it being inside the washing machine. Thank you. I was just going to say. That's your analogy. Perfect. Yeah, because I love this analogy. And actually, I said that about the cup and something else, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they were not, you did not say what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> so say the washing machine thing. Yeah. So when you're, when you're like in your stuff and you're just feeling it, you're in it, it's like you're in the washing machine and you're just getting banged around with all the water yeah. and all the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> So get out of the damn washing machine. Just be the witness. Be the observer. You can still feel, but don't get in there. It's really hard to let things go when you're inside. So so if you can relax, relax your muscles, relax your body on the inside, and the emotions will still be there. But when you're out of the washing machine, that's the place to do the Sedona method. Could you let that go? Would you let that go and when? Mm-hmm. And if all you did was just stay out of the washing machine and just tell your body to relax and just be with that, it's kind of meditative. And it just will, it will just go. Because the the emotions want to go, but we hold on to them. We hold. And because we think this is going to protect us or help us or whatever, mommy's going to Yeah, I was going to say there's something at stake. Yeah. Right? We think. Yeah. And that, hey, holding on to this, you know, is going to somehow stop the situation. Which is, you know, can a contraction in my body stop a situation out there? No. No. So if you can just tell your body to let that go, tell your body to open. Just tell the muscles in your stomach to open. Just relax them. Stay out of the washing machine. Stand in front of the washing machine. You can still feel. And if that's all you ever did, they would fade away. It's so true. It's so true. I love that. Another thing I will touch on, because it happened to me, I used to think that if I felt the fucking thought, or the, sorry, not the thought, the feeling, that I would become that thought. Like, what do you mean? I just thought it would stay there forever. So that's why people drink. That's why they smoke. That's why, that's why they we have don't sex cross addicts. Our eyes mm-hmm. because they might stay that Ex- way. Exactly. <laughs> so something that scare people. They're in meditation. They're alone. Mm-hmm. They're in their thought. Mm-hmm. They're like they're feeling the anxiety. And mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. teach everybody. It's like lean into it. Yeah. Lean into it because that's where you get free. So yeah. we. Mm-hmm. But you think, oh my God, the moment I stop and feel it, I'm gonna become it but you are for a second and then you're free. Yeah, it spikes up and usually right. and then it comes down. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely worth it. It's worth it's like it. The avoidance of the pain causes that pain that you're trying to avoid to last 20, 30, 40 years. Let's just experience it, face it head on. Beep. Oh, wait, it's gone. And then how about that? And then how about freeing ourselves from any dis-ease? or any sort of other things that will happen in the body or like a bigger mm-hmm. catastrophic event is happening because you're not dealing with your shit. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah, well, holding on to all that stuff in your body and um, I, I, I love that book, Messages from the Body. You do love that book. Michael Lincoln, I think his name is. 
But anyway, it t talks about all the psychological things that go wrong in your body and or the, the physical things that go wrong in your body and the psychological meanings behind them. That's right. And so if you can let stuff go, then, you know, hopefully your body will just repair. I'm not an authority on that, but boy, it sure works. That seems it to sure be works. the thing. Mm -hmm. That seems to be the, the idea. Because, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, when we talk about energy work and like Reiki and stuff, moving the energy, the stuck energy that's causing us pain, illness, yeah. sickness. Mm -hmm. um, we've had such profound experiences, not only ourselves, but even our clients. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. just the feeling, the feelings. Yeah. Let it come in, and let it go the way it came in. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. boom, that's it. Yeah, totally. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so is there anything else that we should touch on? Or well, anything, any messages mm. from you, Lisa, that you think would be not to put you on the spot but <laughs> that you want to share for anybody what they might be going through well i think we probably we've covered a lot today we've covered we a really lot did. Yeah. but i think one of the most important things that i think is is true for everyone is that you're not just the way oh. you are that's it like you're not supposed to be more than you are i mean you can do whatever you want but being yourself is actually that's it that's the point just being yourself yes that's beautiful. Yeah. Aww, That's all we need so to do. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, we're all per perfectly imperfect, exactly as we are. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being on the show. You will have to, we'll have you back on very soon. Thank Talk you for having me. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yes. I thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes, and we'll put all the information. We'll pop in the book um, in the notes. We'll pop in Lisa's information. Um, I know she has a wait list, but it's worth it to get on the wait list. And when any spots open up, then maybe if you're serious about your path and your journey and healing your triggers, you can reach out to Lisa and get on the path. And, and also I work with other counselors as well who ha have the same techniques as I do. And awesome. so if I'm unavailable, there's other people that can help who have, who have more room than I do. Yeah, exactly. That's great. That's, That's beautiful. Great. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Thank you again. And everybody have a beautiful day. Bye.